You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, or service times, or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. Good morning and welcome to Riverview Church Online. It's great to be able to share with you this morning. This is actually the third message in our There Is Hope series. And I really believe that this is a message that you need to hear today, that people need to hear today, because I am talking about real hope. Now, you know that old saying that a puppy is for life and not just for Christmas. Well, this hope that I'm talking about is for life and even beyond, not just for Christmas. It's gonna outdo Boxing Day. It's gonna outperform the hopes that we might have on Christmas Eve, and it will even outlast any hopes that we have of coming out of these current set of circumstances that we find ourselves in, because this hope is a real hope. It is a lasting hope. It is a living hope. And for that reason, it is worth us grabbing onto it with both hands, like a child that is excitedly taking a present out of your hands. I mean, how many kids do you know that are like disinterested when they are offered a nicely wrapped present? How many times would you see a kid honestly go, "Uh, yeah, whatever. They're going to grab that with both hands and start tearing away at the wrapping paper to get to the gift in the centre. We need to do the same. It's a great time, isn't it, to talk about gifts and gift giving. And as an aside, I really hope that you are the kind of person that loves giving, like ridiculously, generously, as much as you like receiving. But we're going to linger here for a minute because there's a couple of observations around the topic before we really launch into it today. So this is kind of like therapy for me. The first one, the first point is this, that often young kids, I'm talking about like one-year-olds, are more interested in the wrapping paper than they are the present itself. So it's not worth giving a present to a one-year-old kid. Honestly, save your money. Or better still, like, buy something for the mum. Like, get her some nice botanicals. And whether you think I'm talking about flowers or cosmetics or gin, well, that's up to you. You make your own mind up there, but it will say something about who you are. But honestly, parents, save your money. That kid is going to have an awesome time with the 50p wrapping paper that you picked up from Home Bargains, or better still, the wrapping paper that you repurposed and recycled from your office Christmas Santa. Now, the second thing is that sometimes the gift actually disappoints. And I'm talking about maybe older kids or adults as well, it's true. Like when they get through all the layers, have you ever seen the speed at which excitement on the face can dissipate and be replaced with utter disappointment or worse like disgust you know what I'm talking about don't you because some of you have gained like a master's level or PhD level degree in hiding disappointment I mean not everybody has that social skill right the, the, the ability to express delight, to express gratitude, wait till the person leaves and then pack it up in the loft or on top of the wardrobe in your next year's re-gifting box, you know. But here's a great tip for you right here. Put a note on that present so that you don't make that social faux pas of trying to re-gift it back to the same original gifter next year because that is the most awkward of return to senders that you could possibly imagine. And then the third thing around this gift giving is that there is great joy in giving a gift of value, isn't there? I mean, I find great delight in that. Getting the right gift is an art form, right? I mean, unfortunately, it's an art form that usually eludes me. And I can always hear Jess saying, 
Ah, uh, socks and chocolates again. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> or, but Tom, I don't need a new magic mop for a laminate flooring. I've already got four. Honestly, Jess, don't know what your problem is. Just be grateful, all right? I'm joking. I do give a much better presents than that. But there is great joy, isn't there, when you know that you've nailed it, when you see the delight in somebody else's face. It's so rewarding. And sometimes the thoughtfulness or the generosity or the intention of the giving is equal to the value of the actual gift itself. Because the gift doesn't have to have monetary value. It doesn't have to be financially expensive. It can carry a different kind of cost, however. But it's something that is highly prized or purposeful or effective or of great significance, of treasure. Have you ever received something from someone else that you have greatly treasured. This is the hope that I'm talking about. It's treasure, more valuable than anything that we could currently own or anything we could hope for or anything that we could even imagine. It is of the highest value. Now, last week we read in Luke chapter 2 that story of the shepherds in the field and the angels came and made a massive announcement to them and they left and they went to Bethlehem. And it says in that in those verses that Mary treasured up all these things in her heart and pondered them in her heart. Well, what things is that talking about? Well, firstly, I am sure that as a new mother staring into the face of her first and newborn baby, there is something of a treasure in that moment that is very natural for a parent to happen. But actually, there's something that Mary treasured that far exceeded even that wonderful, treasureful moment. I mean, look back to the previous verses concerning the shepherds following this mysterious angelic announcement. They left everything in the middle of the night to go and find this baby in a manger. And when they had seen him, this is in the text now, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. So Mary treasured these amazing things that these shepherds were saying about her child, about her son. Like, so what were they saying? What were they doing here? Well, let, look further back up the chapter to see this because they were repeating what had been told them by these angels, by these heavenly messengers. And that is, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And so Mary was treasuring that her son was the expected Christ, the Messiah, the, the Lord, the, the one who would be saviour, who would rescue and bring peace and wholeness to mankind. Like this is her son and he is the one whom ancient scriptures and prophecies had spoken of for centuries. And even as in this moment Mary didn't fully understand it all she treasured it now this is the hope that we have it is treasure the hope that we have is Jesus Jesus is our treasure and I want to ask you this morning what is in your possession right now that you value the most highly what do you yearn for the most? What do you hope for the most yearningly? What, what do you love the most, look forward to the most, desire the most, crave the most? I want to tell you this morning, Jesus is 
more? Like what is of highest importance? What is of greatest priority to you? What do you treasure? And whatever answer you give, Jesus is more. He is more valuable than anything that we could own, anything that we could hope for, or anything that we could imagine. Well, how and why? Well, kind of to reveal some of this, we're going to break from Luke's Gospel account this morning, and we're going to take our reading into 1 Peter chapter 1. And I'm going to be reading from verses 1 to 6. And if you haven't got your Bible with you, don't worry, this is going to come up on the screen as well. But 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 6. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us, you see, a gift here. He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into, check this out, an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And in this, in that stuff there, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Now maybe this morning you're in the middle of that grief in those various kinds of trials. But I want to tell you there is hope today. It is lasting hope. It is living hope. The hope that we have is a gift. It is a treasure and it is the gift of Jesus Christ. But here's the thing, like those kids, you know, sometimes we are more attracted to the wrapping paper than we are with the the, the gift itself. And then sometimes maybe we get through all of that to the gift excitedly, but then find that we're disappointed with what the gift actually means. Maybe we don't fully understand it or appreciate its value at the time. And yet the wonderful truth is that this does not diminish the great joy that the giver has as he gives a gift of such great high value and giving it so freely even to people like us who so often act like those kids who are disinterested, dissatisfied or disappointed with it. You know we need to see and understand the value of this gift. Like why is our hope in Jesus? Why is this hope in Jesus better than anything else that we could own or earn or ask for or imagine? And to cover this, I want to go through three short points today. And the first is that this, that the gift itself is imperishable and eternal. So it will outlast everything. In our text today that we've just read, Peter says that this gift is an inheritance that can never perish or spoil or fade, kept in heaven for us. Jesus himself says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, where where your treasure is vulnerable. Don't store your treasure there. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, which is kept in heaven, as Peter just said, by God for us, where moth and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. And he goes on to say, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be as well. You know, the things of this life, its pleasures, its opportunities, its experiences, they are like the wrapping paper. 
they're actually good. They are actually valuable and enjoyable, not like 50p paper from Home Bargains. You know, these things are meant to delight us, but, but they're not the main event. They're not the main gift. They are meant to point us to the real gift. They're meant to reveal the real gift to us. You know, that's what the wrapping paper is. That's what the pleasures of this life are meant to be. But, but none of them are lasting and all of them, everything that we could pin our hopes in, are subject to loss or change or corruption. And you know what? When we focus on them, when we focus on those things that are like wrapping paper, like, like a toddler relishing in the paper and rejecting the gift, not only do we miss out on the joy of the gift itself, but we also lose sight of, uh, risk losing sight of the gift altogether. Now, the word in the Bible for this is idolatry. It sounds like a heavy and loaded word. You know, it means to put something higher in our hearts and in our desires, in our focus, in our priorities than the real gift, which is God, his, his presence in our lives. And Jesus is the one who presences himself in our lives. You know, this is not about a power hungry, megalomaniac kind of God who is attention seeking and green with envy when we dare to try to find our happiness elsewhere, you know, who will punish us if we choose to look in any other direction but him. It's actually because he wants you to be healthy. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to have hope and to have life. And he is the one who holds and sustains life. The reason God wants you to put your focus on him is because that is the best thing for you. That is the highest joy that you could possibly achieve, the greatest hope, the most lasting treasure. It is him. You know, we come alive when we put Jesus centre stage in our lives. But if we reject the gift, we, we reject the life, we reject the benefits of the gift. Now, while at this moment in time, it, that may seem great. You know, I can go away. I can do my own thing for a time. You know, you might go and have fun pursuing gratification in this life through whatever way you want to find that. But listen, the things of this world will fade. They will crumble. They, they will rust and ultimately they will all be stripped away. They're like wrapping paper that one day will be thrown onto the fire and burned. You know, where your treasure is, there your heart is. And what we're talking about here is not just like this. We're talking about your life, your soul, your existence. That will also follow after what you value and what you treasure. If you make the temporary and the perishable your treasure, then that is where your future lies. And it is limited, its days are numbered, and it is not going to work out well for you. But if you make God's gift to be your treasure, the gift of Jesus, well, that then is a permanent, imperishable, eternal gift. And maybe you can't even imagine getting through all of those layers that, that point to the greater gift. Maybe it doesn't seem likely to you or even possible that the gift could be greater than these experiences and pleasures that we have and that we see and that we can taste and that we can touch and, and know right in front of us right now. And so sometimes don't we perhaps settle for something less than the quality of the gift itself because we fear the disappointment of getting through all those layers uh, and 
and finding that God isn't enough for us. But let me tell you, God is enough. You know, sometimes the gift does seem to disappoint us, but that's because sometimes we don't recognise or understand its value immediately. The second thing is that the gift is effective. This gift is so valuable because it is purposeful and effective in our lives. It isn't something that, you know, should sit on a shelf or a mantelpiece like an ornament gathering dust. But this hope, this gift is achieving something for us. It is working for us. Listen to the the writer of Hebrews. He says this, therefore, brothers and sisters, Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened up for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful now what's he talking about there what's that all about that this gift that is given works for us it's achieving something for us what is that well it's restoring our relationship with god god who is the one who holds and sustains life You know, that curtain that was just mentioned there is referring to a curtain that separated a place in the old Hebrew temple, in the old Jewish temple, a place called the Holy of Holies or the most holy place, as that passage said. Now, only one person was allowed in there kind of to represent everybody else, every other human, by making sacrifice for sins, by sprinkling blood over the altar. If anyone else but this one person went in, because of the presence of God, because it being so intense and so holy in that place, that person who went in who wasn't supposed to be there would die because of their impurity, because of their spiritual uncleanliness, because of their guilty consciences. That's what the Bible labels together as sin or transgression. This curtain that they're talking about was torn from top to bottom the very moment that Jesus died. That is a recorded historical fact. That is what this writer is talking about here, that that curtain has been removed, the barrier, the separation between us and God has been taken away. Jesus, the gift, the one without sin, has taken upon himself our guilty consciences, our impurity, our uncleanliness and our sin, and he effectively enters into that holy place on our behalf, carrying all that stuff, knowing that all of that stuff on him in the presence of the most holy God would kill him. He did that for you and for me. He does that on our behalf so that we can now enter God's presence personally and together with confidence that we won't die in his presence because our hearts have been, this is what the passage says, sprinkled to cleanse us from that guilty conscience. Wouldn't you love to get rid of that guilty conscience this morning? His blood becomes that pure water that washes away our spiritual impurity, literally washes 
away our sin. The relationship that he intended when he first created mankind in that perfect garden where he walked with us, it was broken. We became estranged from God, but now through the gift of Jesus, we can enter back into that most holy place. We can go right back into the center of God's presence personally. We can access this with full assurance that faith brings because God is the one who promised and he is faithful to honour his promises. So the gift works for us. And then thirdly, there is no doubt that this gift is of unbelievable generosity, something that we completely do not deserve, that we could not earn. Like in reality, we are all on the naughty list. And I don't mean to be flippant there. Listen to what scripture says. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's in Romans 3. You know, there's no room even to imagine that we could be good enough, even as we believe that we're basically good people. I mean, perhaps, yeah, good by our own human standards, you know, good measured up perhaps to somebody else who we know who's a bit of a chump. But, but can we really be counted as good if good means to measure up to perfect? That's the glory of God perfection and from that we all fall short like woefully I mean is there anybody listening right now who thinks honestly that they are perfect in every way kind of like Mary Poppins but the thing is this gift is a gift by which we can be in the next bit of this verse is justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ freely by his grace, we cannot earn our way back. This gift is not a wage for a life well lived. We cannot earn this. We cannot put in the hours. We cannot afford the price. Even if we could achieve a million years of perfection ahead of us, it could not pay for the relatively few years of sin and guilty conscience that lay behind us. You know, if we want to talk about being paid what is deserved, then Paul later goes on in Romans to say that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I mean, hallelujah. Like at the end of this shift, would you rather take the wages that you've earned or the generous gift which is offered you by grace? Here, the thoughtfulness and the generosity is equal to the gift itself. You know, as the thought is generous uh, and is kind of impossible to fathom or understand, so too is the gift of unsurpassable, immeasurable value. So as I close, like, what is in your possession right now that you value the most highly? What do you hope for the most yearningly? What do you love the most? What do you look forward to the most? What do you desire or crave the most? What's of highest importance to you? What is of greatest priority? What do you treasure? If you have never considered Jesus before, if you don't know him yet, or you don't have faith in him right now, he is a gift to you. He is a gift that will bring great hope and he is more valuable and more lasting than anything that you could currently have or even hope for or imagine. But it is a gift that you have to accept for for it to become effective to you. So my question to you is, would you like to receive this gift? And I encourage you, 
like whatever else you're holding on to at the moment, whatever hopes you're putting your hope into, like put it down and grab onto this free gift with both hands. And I'd love to help you do that. So give us a call, drop a message on Facebook, drop us an email. And we'd love to get in touch with you about this because he is actually worth giving up everything for. Now, if you're a believer, and even if you've answered this question saying, well, Jesus is who I treasure the most, then gently, humbly, I urge you just to consider, is that fully true? Like, is he really my highest priority? Is he really my strongest desire? Is he really my greatest treasure? Because he's actually worth giving up everything for, and not everybody is willing to pay that cost. Jesus isn't simply to be some like attachment in your life. Faith is not like about a segmented life, like a piece of Terry's chocolate orange. This is not also about a power hungry, megalomaniac kind of attention seeking God who will punish if we choose to look in another direction or prioritise something else. He's not being cruel. He is pointing out to us that, that we may have missed the point along the way. God wants you to be healthy. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to have hope, to have life, life to the full. Uh, and he is the one who holds and sustains life. So we find it fully when we turn our eyes to him. You will never be healthier or more satisfied or more fulfilled or more joy filled or more hope filled or more life filled than when you put Jesus centre stage, like highest priority in your life. So whatever you have, or whatever you think you have, whatever you, you like to give you hope or joy or satisfaction, honestly, it's not enough. It will fail or fade. The hope that I'm talking about, this hope that we're talking about, it is more valuable than anything that you could own or hope for. There is hope. It is in the gift of the person of Jesus Christ, a living hope in which you will not be disappointed, I promise you. And even through life's pain and difficulty and suffering, there'll be a sense of overwhelming joyfulness. What is of highest importance in your life? What is of greatest priority? What do you treasure? Jesus is more valuable than whatever we have or whatever we hold, or whatever we hope for. He who promised is faithful. And if you put your trust in him and keep doing so, this gift of hope in Jesus will not leave you disappointed. Bless you. Amen. <laughs>